Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. If you're a health fanatic like I am, you're going to love this program. If you're not a health fanatic, well, you're going to learn something. Welcome to Beyond Belief. I'm George Norrie with our special guest, Dr. Bradley Nelson, who is a world-renowned specialist in the emerging field of bioenergetic medicine and energy psychology. He's the author of a best-selling book called The Emotion Code. He's been on Gaia before, and he's back with me now. Bradley, welcome to the program. Thank you, George. Great to be here. How did you get involved in bioenergetic healing? Well, It's not something you wake up in the morning and say, this is what I'm going to do for a living. No, that's right. Well, it was really, um, it really started when I was seven years old. I had a miraculous thing that happened. I was really sick with the measles. My father prayed for me to be able to get well. The plan was I was going into the hospital the next day and, and I was healed instantly. And when you go from being really, really sick one moment yeah. to being totally well in the next instant, you don't ever forget that. And so that taught me that there's, there's a higher power, there's some other power that, uh, that we can draw upon. Well, so then fast forward a number of years, I ended up uh, developing kidney disease and there was nothing that could be done for me medically, but I was healed through some uh, holistic uh, doctors who worked with me. And so that again was another layer. I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. When I was 13 years old, I decided I wanted to be a healer for the rest of my life, but I wanted to be that kind of healer. I wanted to heal people naturally. And so, um, so then time went on, I got involved in computers and computer programming and so on. And I was going into, um, I was about six months away from going into the MBA program mm -hmm. at the university that I was attending. And uh, I went home to Montana and my father out of the blue said to me, are you sure that you don't want to go into uh, the healing arts because you've always wanted to do it? And I said, no, I'm, I'm going this other direction. So that dream had kind of faded. Yeah. So he said, well, why don't you think about it one more time? And those are probably the most important words anybody has ever spoken to me. That's what dads are for. Exactly right. And uh, so uh, my wife and I made up pro and con lists, you know, the healing arts or the MBA in the business world, and I still didn't know what to do. So uh, that night I got on my knees, knowing that there was this higher power we can draw upon, and I prayed. And I said, you know, God, if you have any idea about what I should do, help me to know. And that night I had this experience where I was awakened three different times. And each time that I was awakened, my mind was full of thoughts about how great it is to heal people naturally sure. and, you know, and serve people. And then the next day I woke up and I thought, well, I still don't know. And so the next night I'm on my knees again asking. And on that second night, I had the same experience three more times. And uh, except this time, each experience was geometrically more powerful, like logarithmically more powerful, if you can imagine. So that on the second night, the third time I had this experience, uh, the thoughts of service to mankind and the whole planet, the whole world were just absolutely overwhelming. And, um, and I heard a voice that spoke to me and, um, and the voice said, this is a sacred calling. And I thought, okay, that's the answer. I get it. And I didn't know what that meant really. Uh, but I believe now that anytime we're working on someone, anytime you're working on the body, because the body I believe literally is a temple mm -hmm. and, uh, I had an experience once that showed me that. And um, when we're healing people, helping people in any way naturally, we're doing something that's sacred because our existence is sacred. So that was it. 
I went to chiropractic school. When I got out, uh, I figured, well, you know, that higher power has gotten me into this. Maybe that higher power will help me. And so with each person that I saw over many, many years, before I'd work on someone, I would just take a moment and offer this silent prayer for help. And there were times, George, during those years where somebody would come in to see me and I didn't know how to deal with their problem. I didn't know how to approach what they had going on. And I would offer that silent prayer. Just, and this was a totally private, totally personal thing. Nobody ever knew I was asking for help. Not, not even the patient. No, 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 no. Nobody ever knew. It was a totally personal thing. And it was just a momentary thing, really. Just, you know, trying to connect and ask for help. There were times, though, when the information I needed would just literally flood into my being like a, a, a data dump from above uh, of what to do and how to approach this and how to, how to conceptualize this and how to look at this. And, and it was often in ways that I'd never even imagined and that nobody else had really either. And so, uh, so it was an amazing thing. Well, one of the biggest things that I learned was that uh, all of my patients, no matter what they were suffering from, no matter how old or young they were, no matter uh, whether they were dealing with depression or anxiety or right. phobias or panic attacks or physical problems or cancer or infertility, whatever it was, they were all suffering from something that I came to call emotional baggage. And that's why uh, I eventually got this message to write this book, The Emotion Code, because I found that- Great by, book, by the way. Yeah, thank Great you. Great book. Yes. And thank you for having me on all those years ago, right after Absolutely. it first came out. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that helped zoom it, I hope. It did, yeah. yeah. Doctor, it's amazing how you're able to tap into this so-called source for healing. Right. Well, you know, we all have that capability. It's just most, uh, the, the problem is I think that most people don't realize that they have the ability to ask and get help, but we do. We we can ask and we can get help, and I know that that's true. And I know that that higher power is real and is aware of what's going on in our lives all the time because I had those experiences in my practice. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a remarkable thing. Well, eventually I got the feeling and the message that I needed to write a book about the emotion code and get it out there to everybody. And so I left my practice in 2004. The book came out in 2007. It's coming out in hardcover uh, in the spring of 2019. And... Um, about a year after the emotion code came out, uh, I had this experience where I was, I was awakened one morning to find my mind full of instruction. And the instruction was really specific. And the instruction was, you need to take everything that you've learned about natural healing and put it into a self-study course that anyone can learn and make it available to everyone everywhere. And so, that's what the, the, next, uh, the next level of this for me was, was creating what we call the body code. Uh -huh. and, and the body code is, is just that. It's a self-study course. We believe it's the most advanced self-study course available. And it's also a patented software that enables people to basically open the subconscious mind and ask the subconscious what is really going on. Because, you know, the conscious mind is where we live and our conscious minds aren't, really aren't that smart. We like to think we're smart, you know, but we don't remember what happened yesterday. We don't remember what we had for breakfast last Wednesday and we forget all kinds of things and get in trouble. The mind has a way of cleaning things out of your brain, yeah, doesn't it? exactly right. It's like right, a computer yeah. cleaning out your it system. It's continually cleaning and sometimes things that we'd like to remember, we don't. But the subconscious mind is the part of us that is this vast, vast, and 
computer, this holographic system. It remembers system. everything. It remembers everything. Everything you've ever done, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled, it's all in there in this holographic computer. And um, it also knows exactly what needs to be done for a person to get well and manifest total perfect abundance and health and love and everything else. And so it was during those years in my practice that I was trying to figure out what was really wrong with my patients. I was really obsessed, frankly, at getting to the underlying causes. I didn't want to Band-Aid people. I wanted to really figure out why they were having these problems. And so what I learned was there are really six underlying imbalances, six categories of imbalances. We'll go through those imbalances in a moment, too, and you can point them out. But are you saying that people can heal themselves? People can heal themselves to a great degree, and that's... That's really what's driving this global success of the emotion code and the body code as well. The people are learning that they each have this ability, this, um, this birthright, I like to call it, to be a healer. And it's amazingly empowerful, uh, empowering, mm-hmm. sorry. It's amazingly empowering for people to learn that they have this ability built with, right in them. And I, uh, I believe that everybody on the planet, every man, woman, and child has this ability. It's latent in just about right. everybody. You just have to pull it out. Exactly. Dr. Larry Dossie, in one of his books called Healing Words, talked about the power of prayer and healing. So how does, exactly how does this work? How does the power of prayer affect uh, lowering blood pressure, uh, speeding up recovery times after surgery, lowering the incidence of heart attacks? How does that work? There are several mechanisms that have been proposed Uh, One is just uh, simple relaxation and feeling calm. People who enter into a state of prayer or meditation have long been known to have good physiological responses to that. The blood pressure goes down, respirations tend to diminish, oxygen oxygen demand goes down, uh, heart rate tends to fall. So these are some of the things that we've known for a long time about how prayer benefits the person who's praying. Now, the interesting question comes when you inquire about how prayer might affect somebody else uh, at a distance. Oh, that's what it does to you. Okay. Yes. And so there are many theories about how this sort of thing can work. Uh, I think it's only fair to say that no one knows currently what the explanation will turn out to be. Uh, The going popular notions is that people are entangled. This is Mm. a concept that comes from quantum mechanics. And even though things seem to be uh, divided and separate and far apart, uh, quantum physics gives us a way of understanding how things can be separate and at a distance, yet behave as as if they are united. The the pop word is entanglement in Mm -hmm. physics. Uh, Let me add, though, that whether or not this is going to prove to be the explanation for prayer is really up in the air. Dr. Nelson, when we pray, what are we tapping into? We're tapping into the power that created the universe, the power that holds all the planets in their orbits, uh, the power that is giving life to everything, uh, the power that's in everything and through everything. And um, so to go through our lives without tapping into that power, uh, I think is a real shame because uh, we can tap into that power and... um, and we can get answers and we can get help. And, uh, and I know that that's actually how it is. Do you find that m- some negative people are more sickly than people who are positive and upbeat? 
Well, absolutely. I mean, and of course, um, what the emotion code is about is about how the emotional experiences that we go through can stay with us in the form of emotional baggage, or in other words, energies, negative emotional energies that become trapped in the body. And the more of those we have, the more difficult it is for us to feel positive and to really manifest what we're supposed to be able to manifest in our lives. And when you release enough of your emotional baggage, it's it's almost like stepping out of this old skin that you've been walking around in all your life and stepping out into this new state of being that's much closer to what you are really supposed to be and how you're supposed to be in this world. What if we're not tapping into a source, but it's our own personal abilities to do this? Is that possible? I think that it is, yes. I think that, um, I think that the, the power of our own subconscious mind is beyond our ability to, to really comprehend. I mean, if you think about it, uh, they say the average cell is equivalent in complexity to a full-size aircraft carrier. <clears throat> that uh, I was in the Navy, so I know what yeah, you're talking about. Right, with 10,000 people working on board, and Jess with her engine spooled up on the ramp, ready to take off, and people working in elect- on electric countermeasures and Planes all kinds of things. coming up and down. Absolutely, and... yeah. One cell is like that, that complex. If you're an adult, you have about 137 trillion cells like that in your body. And what's running all of that? And I believe that my own belief is that it is your own subconscious mind that is running all of that. Uh, and I think it's being assisted and helped by this energy that fills mm-hmm. the universe. But I think that, um, I think that we, can, we can do a lot uh, with our own subconscious power. But um, I've come to believe that as far as healing goes, that the highest duty of the healer is to act as a go-between for that higher power. And it's easy to do if you just take just a moment and ask for that help, it's immediately there. Why are some people able to do this and other people can't? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the, um, with their own experiences and the amount of emotional baggage that they have. And bring with them. And, that, and what they brought with them and what they've inherited from their own ancestors as well. And that's one of the things in the emotion code uh, that's really beautiful, that we can find inherited emotional baggage and release that. And a lot of the time that's interfering with our ability to really create the life that we want. The way I look at it is this, George. Um, We have this, uh, we are beings that are capable of perfection. In this life Mm -hmm. though, what happens is we end up with a lot of these little dark clouds within us and those are from the experiences that we've been through, our divorce, our abuse as a child, um, difficult work situations, and the things that we've inherited. Yeah, and so as we start to get rid of those things, what happens is the light beings that we are begins to be able to shine more and more brightly. And as that's happening, we change. It changes how we feel. We become more capable of giving and receiving unconditional love. Uh, We become clearer, we become uh, more able to really manifest into the world what we're supposed to be able to manifest. I believe that everybody has a blueprint within their heart of the perfect life that they can live. And the vast majority of people don't ever come close to that. But by getting rid of the baggage that we have, by healing these bodies, Mm -hmm. and not only by getting rid of emotional baggage, but also by getting rid of things that shouldn't be in our bodies, 
like pathogens and chemical toxins and dental toxins and all of this kind of stuff needs to be gotten out of the body. The more we do that, the more we come back to who we're supposed to be. And that's where we start to really vibrate uh, at a, a level of joy. I mean, dental toxins could be the worst of all of them, can't they? Well, they certainly, uh, they certainly are right up there. They definitely can. I mean, uh, mercury, uh, which is in all the amalgam fillings that people still have walking around. I had all mine taken out, yeah. by the way. Oh, me too, yeah. Just ceramic. But the only thing more toxic, I guess, uh, than mercury is plutonium. You wouldn't put that into your teeth. No, not at all. <laughs> in your book, The Emotion Code, you talk about, as you mentioned, the six imbalances. Mm -hmm. What are they? Well, the six imbalances... Uh, what this has to do with is really the, the foundation of the body code. During all those years that I was in practice, I was trying to figure out what was really wrong with my patients, of course. And what I found was that they all had something in common, and that was they were all suffering from these different kinds of imbalances. And I was able to categorize those into six different categories. And so these imbalances are things like pathogens. So in other words, these are little infections that get into the body, viruses, bacteria, mm -hmm. fungal infections, mold, parasites. If those are in your body, if any of those are in your body and they're living in your body, you need to get rid of them to be totally healthy. Another kind of imbalance is a structural misalignment. And I found as a chiropractor, of course, that realigning bones and things made tremendous differences for people. As time went on though, I found that any tissue can misalign. And when you have a misaligned bone or tissue, there's almost always an underlying reason that is below that that's actually causing that. And that's why people sometimes will get realigned. And, they'll, and this happened to me. I, I had patients that would come in and I would realign their spine and they'd come back the next week and it would all be out of alignment again. And that started me really wondering, you know, what, what's the mechanism here? Yeah, what's, what's really going on? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's another kind of imbalance, misalignment. Any tissue that's misaligned will cause trouble. Another area is nutritional and lifestyle. So obviously if you're not getting the right chemicals, um, chem nutrients in the body. And that might be the easiest to fix. Oftentimes it is, and, and I think that people have the most awareness about this. I remember when I was a kid growing up, my mom was considered a health nut, and people actually <laughs> thought she was a nut. And people did think she was crazy, because vitamins, nobody needs those. Now we all know we need those. Um, but different foods and things like that, uh, you've gotta make sure you're getting enough of those things. And then another kind of imbalance, is toxicity. Uh, if you have toxins in the body, you need to move those out of the body to be yep. totally healthy. Another kind of uh, imbalance has to do with the circuits and the systems of the body. The body is very highly organized. Uh, there are acupuncture circuits and systems, and you've got the respiratory system and the digestive sure. system, and all those need to be functioning right. But another thing that we found that's in the body code is um, the connection between the, the spirit and the physical body um, what I believe is that within us, we have this spirit uh, that looks just like us. If you could take it out of your body and put it right next to you, I think it would look exactly like you. And I always used to wonder, you know, what's the interface between these two? Because, you know, when somebody dies and you go to the funeral and you look at the person lying there in the casket, obviously there's something that's different. Yes. And, you know, at the moment of death, we lose a certain amount of weight. And what is that? Well, I believe that's that spirit. And, of course, anciently... It's the they, soul, right? It's the soul, Yeah. Anciently, they called it the, the chi or the ki, I think, or the prana, depending on where you were in the world. But um, that part of us, you see, when we're alive and we're living in our physical body, those two need to somehow connect. 
And I used to wonder about this and ponder about this. And we still don't know how they connect, but they do on a profound level. And what we have found is that sometimes things can break down there. And um, that's one of the things that is also that we include in the body code, that you, you, you can find those kinds of disconnections and fix those. In fact, let me tell you a story to, that really is what got this started for me. Um, my wife was really sick with our youngest daughter who just moved out. My wife and I now are empty nesters for the first time. So it's kind of interesting it's strange. so far. It's strange. I went through that too. Yeah, it's strange so far, but it's, it, we're having a, a good time. But when my wife was pregnant with her um, 19 or so years ago, she was really sick with morning sickness and she was begging me to help her. And I was thinking about the things that we usually do to help morning sickness, which don't really work all that well, you know, like the wristbands and eating ginger and so on. Mm -hmm. So I offered a silent prayer about this. I said, you know, God, there's gotta be a better way to look at this and, and help this problem. And I suddenly had this information that flowed into me and it basically had to do with the connection between the mother and the fetus that if that connection is not fully there, and it's an energetic connection, if, mm -hmm. that, if that connection is not fully there, then morning sickness is the result. So I thought, okay, well, let's try this out. So I worked with, on my wife and I was able to make the reconnections and suddenly, instantly, the morning sickness was gone. Wow. And so I thought, this is really amazing. And, and every woman that I've- And she felt great. Right? Oh yeah, she felt great. A couple of days later, it kind of started to come back again and I rechecked her and another little connection needed to be made. But um, we have practitioners now who just uh, practice and uh, this, is their, this is their focus and their specialty is fixing nausea or fixing morning sickness uh, just by making these reconnections. So it's really an amazing thing. It really is. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth. Why in the media today, they still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com, content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. The last imbalance is called trapped emotions, isn't it? Well, the, the last imbalance really we call energies, but it includes trapped emotions and it includes other things as well. What does it mean though, Brad? Well, we all have emotional baggage, uh, whether we remember everything that's gone on in our lives that was uh, emotionally powerful or not. And uh, like I mentioned before, some of the emotional baggage that we're dragging through our lives is from the lives of our ancestors. That far back? Yes. In fact, um, in fact, I'll share a story with you. My, um, my daughter was working on me one day and the emotion code can be done at a distance. And so, uh, and we have almost, we'll soon have 5,000 practitioners around the world in about 74 countries so far that are Good for certified in the emotion code. You yes. train them. Yep. And so they do the emotion code and they have clients in other countries and so on because it can be done at a distance. And it is all about entanglement and quantum physics, but it's the practical application of that knowledge, you see. So I asked my daughter to work on me one day and she was in uh, Seattle and I was in Southern Utah. Wherever. And she does this then, obviously. She, yeah, mm -hmm, she does this. And so uh, this is a number of years ago, two years after the emotion code came out. So she's working on me. And uh, right away she finds that I have an inherited trapped emotion of hopelessness. 
And I had gotten it, she finds, through testing from my father. He got it from his mother. She got it from her mother. She got it from her mother. She got it from her mother. And it goes back 22 generations from me. Jeez. Yep. To a grandmother of ours that probably lived in Ireland somewhere, late 1400s. And when my daughter arrived at this conclusion, all of a sudden, she could feel the presence of this woman, this grandmother. She could feel her standing right next to her and she could feel her emotions. She could feel how desperate she was to have this emotional energy released from her posterity. And she could also feel how overwhelmed with gratitude this woman was that this was being done. So my daughter released that energy. Now she, my daughter had had received it from me at conception. And science is now bearing this out that animals, uh, so far they're finding animals transfer energetic memory somehow, they, they still don't know how. But, um, but it's, it's what we call inherited trapped emotions. Well, for me, uh, it, was, it was one of the most powerful healings I have ever had because all my life, George, I struggled with this background feeling of hopelessness. In fact, during and the- And did you know you had this? No, I just knew that I struggled with it. I had no idea that I had this emotion. In fact, I thought I had been cleared out of all my emotional baggage years before. Yeah. But sometimes things show up when they're supposed to. And um, if you would have asked me during the time, during the year or two that I was writing the emotion code, if you would have asked me to describe in one word how the project felt, I would without hesitation have used that word. I would have said hopeless, it feels hopeless. And when she cleared that emotion for me, I mean, every time I'd go to write um, every day, I would have to listen for half an hour to an hour to really positive motivational things to get pumped up to be able to write to overcome this hopelessness. And suddenly it was like the factory shut off. The silence was deafening. I couldn't feel that energy anymore. And I never knew it was always there in a, in a background way yeah. in my life until that was done. It changed my life actually. And it changed hers as well. She was an artist, see, she is an artist, but she had never painted anything until that energy was removed, that hopeless energy from all those generations ago uh, 22 generations, hundreds of years ago. And within a year, she had an art showing in Seattle and all this art was just pouring out of her. Now, if you think about your own life, think about your ancestors. What did they go through? You know, all of our ancestors went through traumatic things at some point or another. Of course. And the subconscious mind of that individual then often will feel, okay, this is important. What happened to me just now with the pogrom or with the war or whatever, I need to share this energy this emotion because it could save the life of someone in my posterity. It's all unconscious, right? But that's what happens. That energy then is shared and it's really one energy, but that's quantum physics. One energy can be in an infinite number of places. So when it's released from the living person, it releases from all of that posterity all the way back. It's what we find on the testing. So uh, it's quite an amazing thing. It's making, uh, when, when we release an inherited emotion, It helps not only the living human being, but there's this big ripple effect that happens. Uh, And I'll tell you what I've come to believe. I believe that this earth, of course, as you well know, is in this transformational process. Constantly. Constantly. And we're trying to get to this new world. And I believe that um, it can't happen without those that have already lived on this world, uh, on this planet. They're all still around. They're still around, they're still here and it's gonna transform with the living and those that have passed on. And this is just a little way to help them too. At least this is what we find on the testing. 
Dr. Nelson, you have talked about how important the subconscious mind is for healing as well. How do you tap into that? Because if it's subconscious, you're really not aware of it, but it's there. Right, that's really the key. I believe that the future of all healing is going to be just that, tapping into that subconscious mind that is totally aware with a perfect understanding of everything that needs to be done to help the individual be well and, and get healthy and so on and live the longest life possible. So we use different methods of, of doing that, of tapping into the subconscious mind. One of the simplest methods that I can share with the audience right now is what we call the sway test. Now, a plant will grow towards light coming in from a window. A plant will grow away from harsh negative sounds coming out of a speaker, they've proven that. And the human body will respond in the same way. So in other words, if you're holding uh, thoughts of truth or positivity mm -hmm. or congruency, and you're standing and you're very relaxed, your subconscious mind will tend to move your physical body forward. You'll start to lean forward towards those thoughts because they're perceived as being in front of you because we're, we're always used to dealing with the world in front of us, right. you know, right. the work at our desk or whatever. On, this, uh, on the other hand, the subconscious mind will tend to make you sway backwards if you're holding thoughts of negativity or falsehood or incongruency. So you can, you can try this at home. Um, you can try thinking of something negative like war. And as you're holding that thought, if you're standing very relaxed, what will happen is as you focus on that thought or any negative thought that you want, any negative emotion that you want, what will happen is you'll start to sway backwards. On the other hand, if you're holding thoughts of love, unconditional love, gratitude, thinking about maybe a person that you're overwhelmed with gratitude for, maybe a parent or a loved one, what will happen is your body will start to sway forward. And you can, you can try this at home, um, but this is one of the ways you can tap into the subconscious mind, is you can ask questions uh, or make statements. Do I have a trapped emotion, for example? Mm -hmm. uh, and as you hold that thought in your mind, as you're standing there totally relaxed, your body will sway forward for yes or back for no. Interesting. Now we can also use other methods. Um, there are a number of self-testing methods that we teach in the emotion code and the body code. There's this one that we call the ring in ring method, where your body, you see, will be slightly stronger when the subconscious mind is radiating a yes answer. And so the rings will tend to stay together if you pull them apart. If you say something and the answer is no, or you're thinking of something that's not true, what'll happen is your body will be slightly weaker. And so the rings will tend to break apart, you see. And so there are one-handed methods there's the flick method like this. You can test uh, what we call this one, the elbow test. You can press down for yes. Uh, it will be strong on yes and it will go weaker on no. Uh, lots of different methods. Testing other people, you know, one person can hold out their arm and you can press down on their arm and I'm sure you've seen that many times. Uh, if they say their name is their name, they'll be strong. If they say their name is somebody else's name, it's they'll be weak. weak. Yeah. Yeah. But this is how we tap in to the subconscious mind. And the body code, uh, starting with the emotion code, of course, that's how we can find inherited emotions that otherwise you'd never know about. Uh, that's how we can find really any kind of imbalance that might be going on in the body. And that's really how the, uh, that's really how the body code works. Um, and the, uh, the amazing thing about it is you can find things that otherwise you'd never ever, ever be able to find. Let me tell you a story. There was a woman that came in to see me. She'd been hospitalized for five days with this terrific pain in her abdomen. And they ran every Which test. Which is not good. Not good not at good. all, right? And it was really severe. And they ran every test that they could. Kept her there for a week. 
And they finally decided, you know what, all these tests are negative. And they said, we think maybe it's all in your head and we're gonna release you. She still had the pain. And so, um, so she came in to see me a couple of days later and she's really in pain. And I did some testing. And one of the things that I found that I thought was incidental was that she needed chromium. And hmm. I didn't have any at my office at the time. We were out of it. And I said, I think you need this. But I didn't think much of it. So the next day she came into my office. You didn't know how much she needed. Right? I didn't know how much she needed. No, I had no idea. I thought it was incidental. Yeah. The next day she comes in and she's really in pain. And I remember thinking, this woman, they must have missed something really major in the hospital. Uh, she's in so much pain. There's something going on. I didn't inside. know what else to do. So I, I used the body code and started figuring out what was going, what her subconscious mind was trying to say. And I, out of all 867 nodes in the body code, it took me right to the nutritional node. And out of all the nutritional elements on that chart, it went right to chromium. And I said, and then I remembered, wow. oh, wow. So this showed up yesterday. So you know what? I think your body really needs this. I want you to leave right now. Go down the street of the health food store, buy some chromium. Start popping. Have them give you some water. Yep, open it up, take some right there. George, 20 minutes later. No. This woman is no. literally jumping up and down in my waiting room saying, I'm fixed, I'm fixed. Just she, from that? She said the instant she took the chromium, the pain was gone. And she asked me, she said, how did that work? And I said, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> that is amazing. I had no idea. We have a show on Gaia called Open Minds, and Dr. Joe Dispenza was on it talking about all of what you've been mentioning. Thoughts are the language of the brain, and feelings are the language of the body. And how you think and how you feel creates a state of being. So if you're thinking certain thoughts that make you happy, those thoughts will produce certain chemicals in your body for you to begin to feel exactly the way you were just thinking. The moment you feel the way you think, you begin to think the way you feel. The redundancy of that cycle, Regina, over time, conditions the body to become the mind. And once the body becomes the mind, that's called a habit. Now, this is science. 95% mm -hmm. of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a set of memorized behaviors, emotional reactions, beliefs, perceptions, and attitudes. 95%. That, that and we think like, we yeah. have free will. Yeah, yeah. So they function like a subconscious computer program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the great example you can use is you, you know, you'd have to be over 35 for this, but you may not be able to consciously remember a phone number, but you can pick up the phone, look at the numbers, and your fingers dial the number. Yes. You've practiced it so many times that your body knows better than your brain. So when it comes time to change and people are using 5% of their conscious mind to go against 95% of what they program subconsciously, you can think positively all you want. But if you've been feeling negatively for the last 35 years, that's mind and body in opposition. You could create your dream board and have all your beautiful pictures of your future, but if you feel unworthy, that's mind and body in opposition. You have to recondition the body to a new mind. And, and I think that the process that makes this so unique as human beings is, this, is the, the fact that we can think about what we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. We can notice how we're acting. We can pay attention to how we're feeling, which means we could modify our states of being to do a better job in life. And that level of metacognition or mindfulness because of the size of the frontal lobe allows us to begin to observe who we're being so we can do a better job in life. I'm beginning to realize that the mind is an amazing factor in all of this. Oh, absolutely. It is the, it's the controlling factor. The conscious mind is 
like I said, where we live and where we spend all of our time. Mm -hmm. But the subconscious mind is the part of us that we need to get aligned, you see, with the conscious. Let me say it this way. Let's imagine this hand of mine represents your conscious mind. And this hand represents your subconscious mind. Now, if, you're, if with your conscious mind, you want to go this direction, but with your subconscious mind, uh, it takes you if it's going else. this way, that's the direction you're going to go. But as you release these imbalances like trapped emotions and other kinds of things from your subconscious mind, what happens is it brings it more and more into alignment with the conscious mind. And when the conscious and the subconscious are actually in alignment, that's, that's when things can really start to manifest for you. Back to the woman who needed the chromium. Right. How did you know exactly what she needed? Was, did you do a blood chemistry test? What? No. No, in the body code, you see, the body code is a mind mapping system. And so, um, so at the first page of the mind map, we have these six kinds of imbalances. And the way that it works is similar to the emotion code. We ask the subconscious mind because it knows what's in the body code. It knows what's in the whole thing, all 867 nodes. It understands it perfectly. As soon as it came out, the subconscious mind of every person knew what was in there because the subconscious mind of every person is tied into this mm -hmm. database of universal intelligence. And so I simply asked, well, where do we need to go? What do you need? And uh, looking at the body code, I asked, is it something on the left side? We have the six nodes. And it said, no, it was on the right side. Is it this one? No, this one? No, this one? Yes. And I was test probably testing myself. I don't remember, but testing her either way. And so that then opens up another node. It's a mind mapping system. There are multiple levels. It brought up this next node. It wasn't something on the left side. It was something on the right side, according to the muscle testing. Her subconscious mind was taking me there. And we went to nutritional. And it wasn't foods or herbs, it was nutrients. So we went to nutrients, and then that brings up a chart, like the chart of emotions in the emotion code. I'm astounded by this. this column A, amazing. column B, oh yeah. And so then we simply ask, well, is it in column A? Yes. Is it in one of the odd rows? Yes. Is it in row one? Yes. Is it this nutrient? No. Is it this one? No. Oh, it's this one, chromium. Oh, right. This is not unusual. There's another woman that I saw once who had a problem with a chronic cough and been going on for a year. And it was so bad, she was coughing all night long. Her husband had moved out of their bedroom to the other end of the house. And it she told me- It was that annoying for the guy. It was that bad, he couldn't sleep. Well, neither could she. But she told me, she said, um, she said I'm afraid that it, this is gonna really possibly end my marriage because it's so difficult. And she'd been to different people and they couldn't tell her what was wrong. It's like snoring. Yeah, oh yeah, probably worse even. And so I tested her and found that she had some kind of a chemical that was the underlying reason. Now, when I say I tested, I'm just asking her body questions and letting her subconscious mind guide me to the answer, you see. Mm -hmm. And what came up was some kind of a chemical. And so through intuition and doing a little more testing, I figured out what it was. The, the chemical was camphophenique. And she became all of a sudden pale. And she looked at me, she said, camphophenique. And I said, yeah, I think that's, you've, at least that's what's showing up. I said, yeah. I, I think you have a problem with it. And she said, well, you know, she said, every, um, every night I take care of this old lady. She said, I go over there every night and right as I'm putting her to bed, the last thing she likes me to do is rub her feet 
with, with camphophenique. Wow. And I said, okay. And well, this lady's breathing it in and everything. Yeah, and that was the toxin. So, uh, or it probably gets through her skin. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. So I released that from her, and, then, and that was it. No more, that was know, it. no more trouble. Yeah. So you see the subconscious knows, and this is, believe me, George, this is the future of, of all healing, I believe, is to finally, after all of these years and thousands of years of mankind's existence, we're finally figuring out, wow, our subconscious minds know really what's wrong with us and what needs to be done. Can anybody learn the body code? They, Absolutely. They can. Well, and that was the message that I got, make this available to everyone everywhere. So that's the mission of our company, see, is we're, we're getting this translated into different languages and, and our, our plan is to make it available to everybody everywhere um, Good for you. as soon as, you know, as fast as we can. Well, there's nothing more important than your health because without it, you can't take care of yourself you can't take care of the people you care about. And that to me personally, Brad, is the most important thing. So the true. people you care about depend on you. And if you're not feeling well, you're not gonna be able to do much for them. And you've gotta be able to fix that. Absolutely right. Well, you know, the beauty, of the, um, the beauty of this work, the emotion code and the body code as well, is that it enables, it empowers people. Imagine being able to know why in the middle of the night, uh, your child wakes up screaming with some kind of a problem. Um, we have testimonials, thousands of testimonials, literally from all over the world. And a lot of them are from parents who have found that, you know, their child uh, had something going on. They were able to release that and fix that. For example, you know, leg aches. I was reading a testimony just the other day about a- Cramps. Leg cramps, right. Um, I was reading a testimonial the other day from a, a, a couple who wrote in, said that their daughter would get these terrible leg cramps the husband was a massage therapist, so he would massage this little girl's legs, and but you know it would be a very difficult thing, and and uh, and it happened again. It had been going on for a while, and then she suddenly has this realization. You know what? Maybe there's something emotional, and within three minutes, uh, the pain had all stopped. The little girl had stopped shaking with pain, and uh, and they've, and they've never come back. See, and so think about this. You know what's happening here, George? Really, is it? is that, that that higher power, you know, call it the creator or God or whatever you want. Whatever it is. But I believe that what's happening is uh, this, this healing work, the emotion code and the body code, are, they're very unique healing methods because they're incredibly simple, very simple. They're very rapid, very fast, and easily learned by anyone. And it's all about the fact that there's so much healing that needs to take place in this world. And so it's not, uh, this is an invention. The, these, these things are coming, they're, they're, they've come through me just because I was the person chosen to do it. But these things aren't about me. Uh, they're about everyone else, you see. And they're about giving back this power. Imagine if everybody in the world or even just a significant number of people in the world can become healers, that's where we need to go, see? Because the healing has to take place. If we're going to get to this next sort of iteration of the world, it has to happen. Do you utilize <laughs> these techniques on yourself? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Constantly? Well, you know, uh, whenever I check myself periodically, and, you know, one of the fascinating things, for example, that we found in the body code is that, um, you know, anciently the Chinese believed, uh, the um, ancient physicians believed that 
the organs in the body and the glands were like officials in the kingdom of the body. Mm -hmm. And different organs and glands were subservient to others and there were all these interconnections, right? Well, I believe they were absolutely right. And I believe that uh, all the organs, all the glands, all the tissues in your body, they're all intelligent. And you can actually ask them if they're happy or not. And that's how we use the body code. We believe that this is the most advanced form of preventive medicine that's available on the planet because when you actually ask Sounds a person's happy. organs and glands if they're happy, decades before they'd ever need to really have major intervention, they'll tell you, yeah, you know what? I'm not happy. And it's just done through muscle testing. But if an organ or a gland or some part of the body is not happy, then we can figure out why. Well, what is it? Is it because there's emotional baggage there? Is it because you don't have the right nutrients? Is it because you've got toxicity going on? What is it that's happening? And the body will tell you. And what I did see for the last 10 years that I was in practice, most of the people that I saw had been told there was no help for them, no hope for them at all. That what they had was incurable. And yet what I found was by asking their bodies, by asking the subconscious mind what they really needed and addressing those needs, uh, I was able to actually help almost all of them with just a, you know, I could count the exceptions on one hand. And so that's how powerful it is. And it's so much more simple than we ever imagined, see, really. What was the epiphany that hit you beyond when you were a young boy, beyond as you got into medicine and chiropractic, what was that aha moment that hit you and you said, this is what I want to do for a living? Oh, well, it was when I was healed of kidney disease by, uh, by the two, uh, they were really osteopathic physicians that uh, uh, if you remember in the, I think it was in the early 60s or maybe late 50s when the, the osteopathic profession was kind of engulfed by the, the AMA. They hated them, didn't they, for Exactly, a while? and yeah. that's why rather than trying to get rid of them anymore, they said, you know, you can become like us and you can prescribe and so on, yeah. so they did. These two stayed out of it, and so uh, these two physicians, and so they, they practiced out on the edge of town um, in Great Falls, Montana, where I grew up, in a wheat field, huh. and, uh, but yet they would have busloads of people coming to see them, and they were the ones who healed me, and, and I'll tell you what happened. I, um, I decided, I knew that they had fixed me and that they had healed me. Whatever they had done is exactly what I needed. Did you know what they had done? Well, they were working on me realigning the spine and you know, giving me certain concoctions and things. But I, I knew in my heart that they had, what they had done had fixed me and I was well. Because I mean, the pains that I had would be like, like being stabbed with a knife and put me on the ground, you know, take my breath away, it was terrible. Ouch. But within about three weeks, the pains were much less frequent, much less severe. And within about a month, I didn't have any more pain at all. I was only 13 years old. And I'd, you know, I'd forgotten that I'd ever been sick. And my parents took me back to the hospital and they ran all the tests again. And as I recall, they ran the tests twice and they said, well, it's a spontaneous remission. You know, whatever we did must have helped. But I knew these other people that really helped me. So I decided that's what I wanted to do. And I can remember lying on my back on their table saying, when I grow up, 13 huh. years old, when I grow up, I want to do what you're doing. And you know what their response that's was? Amazing. They said, no, you don't. They said, if you go to chiropractic school or you go to some healing school, they'll fool your head so full of fixed ideas and dogmas that you won't be able to think for yourself when you get out. You'll forget. Yeah, you'll be like a zombie. And so I thought, when I, so when I went to chiropractic school, 
I was really on guard. I thought, okay, teachers would say things like, well, th we figured out this is the best way to do this. And my internal response was, well, maybe, but maybe there's a, a better way. A better way. So I was radically open when I went through school and I got a lot of ribbing from my, my colleagues and classmates about that. But, um, but I think that's where I needed to be to be, able to, um, to be able to bring these healing methods into the world because uh, they're radically different. But Doctor, thanks for being on Beyond Belief. Thank you, George. Fascinating material on the body code. Thanks for watching Beyond Belief. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform.